This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. I'm Matt, and this is Jessica, and welcome to John chapter 2. What's been going on, Jessica? We've been preparing for Flourish. I'm wearing my Flourish shirt today. And Flourish is our women's conference that we've been doing for the past few years, and we had full plans to move forward with a two-day experience, just like we've done before. We go all out. We decorate every inch of our campus, and it's a blast. We do a Friday night and an after party and a Saturday, but this year's different, and it's cool. It's okay. We're moving forward. So last year, about probably July 2019, we were getting ready for Flourish 2019 in October, and it was called Flourish Refined, and that was the theme, and it was it was tough. It was not easy, but it was amazing. Like, God did amazing things at that conference. Let's just say Flourish grew from, like, you know, uh, probably 60 women to 100 women to 200 women to 300, and last year, over 400, Yeah, right? we had, like, 450 women 450 come. women come to the conference last year, yeah. and we have guest speakers. It's incredible and uh, it's still growing, which yeah. is great. So we had plans. Uh, God actually gave me uh, the word for this year, 2020, abundance. So this is, think back to July, 2019. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're we're doing refined. It's awesome. But we get to do 2020 abundance. And I had a verse and mm. awesome. Like we had the date. We had actually the guest speaker who ended up canceling in February. I don't know if you remember that before mm. the pandemic. And I'm like, is this really what abundance looks like? Like the fir- the longer this year has gone on, I'm like, is this really what abundance looks like? But it is. It's the dichotomy of abundance. And what God has been teaching me, it's actually been really amazing to filter this whole year through God's definition of abundance. And I have learned so much about what the the definition that God sees is ab- of abundance. And so I'm really excited to share that. We're moving forward. Again, it's going to be different. We're doing it all digital. And so to do that, we have to record everything ahead of time and get it all ready. And we're doing some game day stuff. But that's why I have a lot of makeup on. So if you're listening on the radio and you want to see me with a ton of makeup on my face... <laughs> <laughs> Come see our video cast. This is not my normal thing. I'm sure they can't tell because it's a camera and camera doesn't pick up makeup. Oh so. my gosh. I feel like I look like I have so much makeup on. Um, I do too. You feel Just like, kidding. Oh, I don't oh have God, a lot of makeup you do? on. That's funny. Um, yeah. So we've been recording the past few days and it has been unbelievable. Like I have chills just thinking about it and I'm like crying just watching the band do what they do. We have a 13 member band and they're all women, Yeah, which that is not... Typical. No. Like a woman bass player, woman drummer, a woman electric guitar player. It is, it sounded like heaven literally when they were practicing. I am so excited to see it all come together. So I want to invite you, if you're a woman, you are sisterhood, and I want to invite you to join in on this. So go to eccc.us slash events, and you can get your tickets, $20, but we give you a party box. We have a party in a box that's going to make your conference experience, whether you're at home or you can invite people over and watch it with people, or we actually have have host homes. So if you don't know anybody in this area or you're not sure, uh, maybe you're new to the area or maybe you're, you just moved here for the military, whatever, and you want to get together with some women, we have like 20 host homes of amazing women that are going to open their homes and host people. So mm, it's going to be awesome. That sounds really fun because you're not necessarily growing a conference. You're actually growing our women's community. community. Yes. It is so exciting. Yeah. It's so cool what God is doing. So I'm excited he gave me the vision for it last year because mm. if he hadn't, we'd be out. 
it wouldn't have happened. It really wouldn't have. The past eight months have been too crazy to try to conceptualize something like that. So God is God is faithful. Yeah, I love it because it's just so easy right now to kind of just quit. It's like, I'm not doing that. I'm staying home. I'm not putting any work into that. That's just what life is like right now. Yeah. Yeah, you just look around. It's easy to quit. It's easy to hide. It's easy to give up. And uh, you guys aren't doing that. You're pressing ahead. I think it's a good example of what we all need to be doing right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really good opportunity to step out, back out into the world, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your, you know, if you've been hiding or you've been, you know, whatever, it's time to step back into Mm -hmm. the community. Uh, It'd be a great thing to watch online or even join into one of those uh, host homes Mm -hmm. of the hundreds of women that will participate in this. And uh, I think it's just a great invitation back into what we're called to do. And it's the vision that God has called us to, to continue to grow the community. And we're part of that is we're doing that through women. And uh, women are important. And so um, they're, they're half of humanity or maybe more, right? And so uh, we're just continuing with the vision and we're not letting anything stop us. And we invite you to be a part of that. It's all what we know. It's all what we're doing. And uh, we're, we're giving it our best. So proud of you guys for, for pushing ahead. And really, this is East Coast First Digital Conference. Yeah. So you did our first conference uh, like the, of this proportion, and now you guys are doing a first digital conference. That's impressive. It's amazing. Like the team is incredible. The collaborative effort that it's taken from just every corner of our church and all these different, we just need such different um, talent to pull this off. And Cassie, DJ, B. The digital team, social media team, it's incredible. Amanda, like it's, I name 57 people. Yeah. (laughs) It's exciting. So please join us. It's going to be incredible. Oh, by the way, it's October 9th. I didn't even say that. So Friday, October 9th, it's just probably two and a half to three hours, one evening, really easy. And the next day on October 10th, 10, 10, 20 at 10 a.m., we're going to do a sisterhood baptism. So if you are a woman and you've never been baptized, you've given your heart to the Lord and never taken that step to get baptized, Lori Wilson Park, 10 a.m. Lori Wilson Park, 10 a.m., 10, 10, 20. Come to that. It's going to be awesome. So I I saw you guys designing shirts at one point. Are there shirts available? There are shirts. Yeah, there are shirts available. Actually, when you sign up for the conference, you can pick your shirt then and there. And your size. And and your size and everything. And you're going to pick it up when you pick up your party box, which will be starting October 1st at East Coast Christian Center. And it's all like... Is it extra cost for a shirt? Yeah, they have to pay for a shirt. Okay, but so for, for about 35 bucks, we've got a conference and we have a shirt a, and everything. And we have a hoodie this year too. Ooh, I might get one of those. For those Just cold kidding. Florida nights. <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> for when you travel to when you North can drink Carolina. Your pumpkin spice latte and wear your hoodie in um, November. Starbucks has a new pumpkin cold brew. Have you, have you had it? I would never eat... I, I don't like to drink pumpkin. Really? I only eat pumpkin, okay? Huh. It's one of my rules. Never knew that. Only eat pumpkin. New rule. That's something you do all the You're time. You're not drinking pumpkin. New rule. We're eating pumpkin. <laughs> pumpkin pie specifically. Mm. Although their pumpkin things just fall short of pumpkin pie. It's true. Which can't wait for Thanksgiving. One of my favorite things, pumpkin pie. I agree. Speaking of pumpkin pie, let's continue <laughs> on with morning breath. <laughs> John, we're starting a new, well, we started new book of the Bible. John chapter two is where we're going to be today. Such a good chapter. I'm excited. You want me to read it all? Sure. Okay, here we go. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine was all gone, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no more wine. Jesus said to her, dear woman, what is that to you and to me? My time to act and be revealed has not yet come. 
His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Sounds like such a mom move, isn't it? Whatever he says, just do it. Now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish customs of purification, ceremonial washing, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to the servants, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. Then he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter of the banquet. So they took it to him. And when the head waiter tasted the water, which had not which had turned into wine, not knowing where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, he called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone else serves his best wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then he serves that which is not so good. But you've kept back the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, attesting miracles, Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and revealed his glory, displaying his deity and his great power openly. And his disciples believed confidently in him as the Messiah. They adhered to, trusted in, and relied on him. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there a few days. Now the Passover of the Jews was approaching, so Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And in the temple enclosure, he found the people who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers sitting at their tables. He made a whip of cords and drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. Then to those who sold the doves, he said, take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of commerce." His disciples remember that it is written in the scripture, zeal, love, concern for your house and its honor will consume me. Then the Jews retorted, what sign attesting miracle can you show us as proof of your authority for doing these things? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews replied, it took 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple, which is his body. So when he had risen from the dead and his disciples remembered what he had said, so when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered what he had said, comma, and they believed and trusted in and relied on the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name, identifying themselves with him after seeing his signs, attesting miracles, which he was doing. But Jesus, for his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and understood the superficiality and fickleness of human nature. And he did not need anyone to testify concerning man and human nature, for he himself knew what was in man, in their hearts, in the very core of their being. Amen. Amen. It's really good. Um, did you want to start with anything? Because I got a couple things. You start. So uh, as I was reading this chapter... I started thinking about this is like the Jesus that we forget about. Like uh, we have our favorite version of Jesus that we all love, and most of most of that is like Jesus, our friend. We want like Jesus, our friend, and you know, and baby Jesus. And People baby, love we love baby, baby Jesus. Jesus. We love Jesus, our friend, uh, but we don't often uh, think about Jesus, the King. Like he's our actual King, and you don't get a choice. King says it, you do it. But here's the two parts in here that we kind of like. It's hard to place in a lot of our minds for Jesus, and it's him making wine out of water at a wedding and giving it to people to drink, and they've already had wine. And we don't often think about that miracle, yet it's the very first miracle that Jesus does. We also don't think about the humanity of Jesus very much in where his mother basically draws out his first miracle. Um, Jesus is like, no, I'm good. (laughs) I'm not ready. And his mom does an amazing thing, just says, do whatever he tells you to do. Uh, you see some amazing things happening there. One is Jesus' humanity. He's got a mother. Uh, his mother honoring Jesus, not saying, Jesus, do this, mm-hmm. saying, just do what he tells you to do, mm-hmm. okay? Walks away. Jesus 
We don't know why he changed his mind or what. We don't know even if he did change his mind. He knew he was going to do it anyway. We don't understand or know all the details of this, but we know that he responds to his mom after he says, not interested. And here, here he creates a miracle that no one really tries to recreate. Like we pray for healing. We will pray for someone who's blind. You know, we'll even pray to raise the dead. Like we'll, we'll pray for financial miracles. I, you know, I don't know too many people trying to change. If you're watching video, this water into wine, this is, this brings Jesus outside of our box. Okay. And it's just like, okay, we don't even, we don't know where to place that. A lot of people don't know where to place it. It's an amazing miracle. It's really neat. Um, Oh, of course, I'd love to be able to do that. I was going to say, you've done a lot of weddings. His One of his nicknames is Matrimony Matt. <laughs> He's done a lot of weddings. No one's ever asked you to, to do this trick. No one's ever asked me mm-hmm. to, to pray for the water and turn it into delicious best <laughs> wine, right? That's what he did. He, he made it into the best wine there. And then we go to where Jesus uh, makes a whip and like beats down these people who have mm-hmm. prostituted the house of the Lord yeah. and they're ripping people off. Uh, do you remember when we were there? Yep. you want to talk about that at all? Well, I just remember being in Israel and being outside where the temple was and they had these like arches where these people would be selling sacrificial items. So like pigeons and doves and like all the things that they would have to come sacrifice. They had them there for sale so that if people were making a long trek from somewhere else, they would buy them there to sacrifice in the temple. So yes, but what was actually happening and it's, they says sitting at the tables, exchanging money. What was actually oh, yeah. happening here is that the the king, I believe King Hezekiah and then his son created a law that you could only sacrifice at the temple. Yes. Okay? And when you make a double law, when a son of a king makes the same law, it's a permanent law. So now everybody who wants to worship the Lord has to travel to Jerusalem, bringing in money, bringing in wealth. Mm-hmm. And so now someone couldn't travel with their animals, okay? They couldn't travel with whatever they were going to sacrifice long distances. So the poor, you know, maybe a poorer person who's got to make a really long trip, doesn't have the capacity to bring sheep with them or whatever that might be or bring a dove or bring... Now travels to Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. takes their money, which is from another place. It could be different, so it's not the same money. Now has to exchange that and so they were robbing them on the exchange. So if we okay. were going to Mexico, it'd be like, we need pesos now, Yeah. right? And they needed whatever drachmas or whatever yeah. they needed to, to actually pay the temple tax, to pay for whatever their and, sacrifices and get, were. Yeah. They buy an animal yeah. at an inflated rate. I remember that. So they were stealing from them on mm-hmm. the exchange. They were also stealing from them on the animal. Mm-hmm. And so in order to worship the Lord, he's, Jesus is watching his people you know, getting ripped off mm-hmm. to worship God. Yeah. That's just completely wrong. And he builds a whip. Like, he didn't bring a whip. He made a whip. Like, that takes some time. And this is not the Jesus we often think about. I bet who, he was making it right in front of yeah, them, too. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, <laughs> braiding the whip, staring. staring. And they're like, what is this man doing? What is going to happen? What's happening? And yes. can you imagine? I bet they could feel it. Oh, I mean, like, gosh, could you imagine tension. feeling the son of God, yeah. like emanating whatever righteous judgment Anger, that he's yes. about to about to put down? And he's like, kabam, crack, kicks over tables. Yeah. Basically, 
what was happening is Jesus wasn't being mean. He he was driving out the people who were robbing and ripping off yes. people to worship the Lord. And uh, it's not the Jesus we often think about when we think about our favorite version of Jesus, the Jesus that makes water into wine, the Jesus that builds whips and cracks and cracks the whip and gets rid of those types of people in our life. And uh, what what that just made me think of in terms of like, I've got my favorite version of Jesus, and sometimes I need to be challenged. You know, I I think we all need to be challenged. Um, we need to be challenged of our the concept of, you mentioned in the beginning of the show, what abundance is. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we might say, uh, you know, being a prosperous American is abundance, and we, we mistakenly uh, put a new definition on abundance because life's good. Um, but th- there's so many people in the world that, have nowhere near the wealth that many of us have in the United States of America, yet God can have abundance for that person, mm-hmm. uh, even if they don't have electricity or they have dirt floors or yeah. they walk miles for water. Like that person, uh, you know, I think of a friend of mine, Jay, uh, he's from the uh, Philippines. He was like eight, nine, or 10, and he had to leave his community in the fishing village to go to a city to live by himself to go to school and stayed by himself in the city with a bag of rice. And that's what he ate every month. And yet there can be abundance in a guy like that. And God can work through that person. And now you see Jay, he's an amazing guy, amazing dad, amazing husband. Uh, He, he's just a great man. He, uh, you know, but God was working in abundance in him during that season of his life where, you know, he just didn't have what we would call abundance. And I just, I feel challenged to just, question myself and say, am I really, you know, am I really open to what the Lord would have me do? Or have I kind of boxed it into my desires of God, my desires, you know, of what the, what I think the Lord wants me to do. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I got. Well, a tiny side note off of that. It's not like to the degree that you're saying it, but I just look at verse seven and it says, Jesus said to the servants, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. These water pots, which I didn't notice until I read this the second time, six stone water pots were set there for the Jewish custom of purification, ceremonial washing. And they were like 20 or 30 gallons each. So they were large water pots, but they were used specifically for ceremonial washing. And I think it was interesting that Mary says, do whatever he says to do. She carried an authority to where they then listened to him telling them to fill it up. They did not know what he was going to be using it for. But it was probably a bit, quote unquote, sacrilegious to possibly use these ceremonial washing pots for anything but ceremonial washing, right? Like a little bit out of the norm. I didn't realize that before. And I think it's just that thing of, are we going to obey what God tells us to do even when it doesn't make sense? I think that a lot comes into play with giving. So like God is telling us or putting it on our hearts to give something. Maybe it's something above and beyond. Maybe you tithe, maybe you give 10% and you're there with the Lord in that. But then maybe it's something, a, a greater gift. It's it's something bigger, something different even. Maybe it's a huge chunk of your time. I mean, oh my gosh, I feel like time for us is such a small, val- like it's a huge commodity. It's a valuable commodity, but it's so small in its availability right now in our lives because of the nature of our lives. So yeah, maybe- And I think people are just used to spending time on what they want right now. Yeah, you know? for sure. But maybe God is pressing on you to be, go help that person move. 
that's like the hardest job <laughs> to go help mm-hmm. someone move, you know, with your time. But that's a gift. That's a sacrificial offering to someone that's showing God's love to someone through that choice. Mm-hmm. And so whatever it is that God is asking you to do that maybe doesn't make sense in the moment, it was through these six, um, well, I don't know how many servants there were. It was through these servants' obedience to just do what he said to do, not knowing what the end was going to be. When we chose to move forward with the Flourish Conference, I have been watching for months, starting in March. I'm like, well, this this all will surely be gone by October. Our conference is until October. We're not going to make any decisions to change or to cancel or to reschedule our conference. We're going to move forward because we know the word of the Lord is abundance. We know the verse that we have is Psalm 66, 12. We're moving forward. We had the vision. Time went on, April, May, June. I'm like, what should we do? Should we maybe reconsider? And I'm watching all these other women's conferences all over the country. I'm watching all these women that I really look up to and respect and the decisions they're making. Some were canceling, some were changing to digital, some were rescheduling, some were like, I don't know, just stay tuned. And it was it was just so hard to not just be like, forget it all, we quit. And some one of one girl that I was watching, she made the choice to. She's actually in New York, so she was in a bit more dire circumstances than we were necessarily in Florida. They made the decision right away, pretty much, to change their physical conference to digital. And we're like, that totally makes sense. I totally get that for them. Then they move forward with this digital thing. They put out all this content. They're pumping it up. Like two weeks ago, she came out and said, "You know that digital conference that we changed it to." I felt the Lord tell me to cancel it altogether. I cannot tell you why. It is so hard for me to tell you that I'm canceling this thing, but I know that if I don't do this, I'm being disobedient. And she, I just felt for her so much in that moment because sometimes God asks us to do some things and we don't know why. We don't know that next step, but we know that step. And you have to be obedient in that step. And someone asked me today, like, how do you, why do you think she made that decision? I'm like, I don't even know if she knows. But I do believe that she felt like she heard the voice of the Lord and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit speaks in peace. He probably was like, you need to cancel it. I'm not going to tell you why, but you need to obey. Like, stuff like that happens. Yeah, well, what usually happens with that, and like in, in the story, when Jesus asks the servants to go do this, uh, it says the master of the banquet tasted, turned the wine. He, real, he had not realized where did it all come from, mm-hmm. but the servants who had drawn the water knew and I love that line about the servants who are obedient mm-hmm. and like, okay, we'll go get you some pots of water. Not sure what this is going to do. Yeah. Uh, and aren't these for ceremonial washings? Like, whatever. What? Uh, okay. <laughs> Sounds like a waste of time to me. Um, but they were obedient and maybe some had a great attitude. You know, they were just like, man, you know what? Jesus said it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Guess what? They were the ones that got to know mm. the inside of the miracle. That's good. They got to know like the deep down uh, part of this, that the the person who got to participate in the wine and enjoying and here it is, everybody. Wow, we can't believe we have all this wine. Yay, we saved the wedding. Uh, the servants got to know. And and mm. I, I think about some of the hard decisions that we've had to make over the years um, with at church. You know, some of the, I think of the one uh, that we made it was kind of silly. It's kind of a silly one, but we had decided to stop doing a parade uh, in Merritt Island. And it was like, what? You know, mm-hmm. like, how can you even have church without a parade in the name of Jesus? You know, I mean, it was like, we did parades, bless God, you know, and we're just like, I know my dad was like, we're not doing a parade. I, I can't tell you why. Uh, I just know it's not right. And I mean, we put a ton into these parades. I mean, we had rolling 
uh, skateboard ramps and we had rolling bands. I mean, we put thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours and sure enough, the parade came and it was like a mega thunderstorm and it was canceled. And I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not one of those people who be like, see, that's why. I don't think so. I, I just think that that's kind of like, all right, Lord, we we were obedient and we did it. And that doesn't mean we're out of parades forever. In fact, we've, we've been back in the parade since then. It's just one of those things when you make a decision, God's like, hey, I'm going to let you know why. Just trust me. Mm-hmm. Keep stepping forward. Keep moving forward. And, and I'm going to pull you in on the inside. And I just love that about the Lord is he always draws in those who are obedient mm-hmm. uh, deeper to his heart. And you may not know the full reason why ever, but uh, you you will know a lot more than the people that aren't making these decisions. And peace is worth it. Peace I tell people it. all the time and they ask me for it's advice good. for specific things, follow peace. Like, I don't know that decision that you need to make for your, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but I do know that you know how to follow peace. And when you follow peace, you're never going to be disappointed because there's grace in that. I don't know if I can do this in the right amount of time, but verse 22 stood out to me is after Jesus was raised from the dead, his disciples had recalled what he said. In other words, Jesus said, hey, I'm going to die and be raised from the dead in three days. After he raised from the dead, he was raised from the dead. They went, aha, that's mm-hmm. what it was. And I was just thinking about this. Um, I golf, and to a lot of people, golf's kind of boring. Uh, you know, it's very difficult. Um, And it is difficult. Even if you're good at golf, uh, people say, Matt, you're good at golf now. I'm like, it's still extremely difficult. I just, you know, I had to, I've gone to coaches and stuff like that. And I've had to sit there sometimes and say, what did my coach say? Like, for some reason, I can't seem to hit this little white ball right now. (laughs) And I have to stop and go, what did my coach say? And go back and remember and then try it. And then, no, that's not what he said. And then try it again. And I had that experience the other day where I actually remembered what the coach said. I tried it and it worked. And I just thought about that in terms of these disciples and even in terms of our life that I think sometimes we need to stop and just remember what God has said to us. Mm-hmm. Remember some of the ways that he's spoken to us. And I, I think that even that might be the final word of the show is if you're struggling and if you're, if you're having a difficult time knowing where and what and how, stop and remember what Jesus has said. Yeah. Remember the direction he has sent you. And you know what? I, I tell you right now, he will lead you forward into uh, those things that he said. And he'll show you how to do it today. Thanks for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks for watching for those on Facebook and YouTube. We will see you tomorrow and we'll see you soon. Bye. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hi, everyone. Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates, and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. 
Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.